On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Rally starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Punters Postmortem. Luke Marlowe filling in for Dave Stanley this week, and it's great to have your company. What a weekend, eh? I mean, where do we start? There's stories galore coming through. The Golden Slipper, Fireburn. She was the hero after that bad check. We saw her get uh, really smashed up at about the 600-metre mark, but for Brenton Avdullah and Gary Portelli, she was able to rally and really put a margin on them in this year's Slipper. Shelby 66 winning the Galaxy, no doubt we'll touch on that. One of the great stories out of the weekend and one of the great stories in recent years to see where he's come from. He's an incredible horse and it was an incredible result for trainer Danny Williams. Animo, Forbidden Love, Sydney horse Zaki carved them up in Melbourne. It was a huge weekend and I was uh, up at Scone yesterday for the wildcard qualifier as well which saw Cavalier Charles force his way into the final for Matt Dale. And Nick Haywood was on board. Edit finishing second. Was able to get through. It was a great day of racing up there at Scone yesterday. We'll take your calls this morning on 13.53.53. Let's firstly, though, check today's scratchings for all of our venues. Good morning, Luke. Thanks for that. There's only one race meeting in New South Wales today. That's at Taree. And the weather is fine. The track is soft seven. The rail is true and there are 35 scratchings. The first race at 105, take out number four, Cobber Corn and five, TJ's Arch, four and five. Race two, number one, Max Kalema. Two, Reliable Lovin'. Seven, Emma Regina. And nine, I'm on the Prowl. One, two, seven and nine. From race three, number one, Emma Leah. Uh, five diamonds are trumps and ten sports pack one five and ten race four number one pleased and three ozark one and three from race five number seven rock dreamer eight tokyo friends ten fantastic philly eleven mighty mary thirteen rhapsody queen and the emergencies sixteen through to eighteen seven eight ten eleven thirteen sixteen seventeen and eighteen race six number one max kalema five Five, full of flavour, six, Triangulum, eight, Pratton Park, 12, Miss Pierpoint, and 13, Grand Anthem, one, five, six, eight, 12, and 13. From race seven, number two, Sugar Zone, four, Haraki Golf, five, Don't Cry Mama, nine, Elusive Eve, 12, Lucap, and 13, Rioli, two, four, five, nine, 12, and 13. And out of race eight, number seven, Triple Arrow, 10, Javieron, 11, Great Marlow, and 13, Vallejo. 7, 10, 11, and 13, Luke, from race 8, Atari. Thank you so much, Tanya. Great Marlow not running today. What a tragedy. Uh, that's upset me. You're, you obviously <laughs> couldn't be in two places at once, could you? <laughs> exactly. Definitely not named after me. I'll give you the hot tip. Uh, let's uh, kick off this morning's punters post-mortem, 13, 53, 53 is the open line number if you've got a question for Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey or Dean Lester. Let's get down to Melbourne firstly and say good morning to Dino. How are you this morning, mate? I'm well, thanks, Luke. Excellent. Uh, good weekend of racing? Oh, phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, didn't know where to look. There was action uh, aplenty all day, five group ones at Rose Hill and uh, a remarkable slipper, a remarkable day of racing and uh, the All-Star Mile, I think, pretty much went to script with the best two horses running first and second and Zaki now set up well to, to make his assault on the uh, Sydney Carnival. 
Absolutely. Ron Duffy, uh, Dino said it pretty well there. We didn't know where to look. I've got whiplash uh, after the last 48 hours. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Luke and everyone. Look, you're 100% right. Where do you look? Um, it, it was just highlights all day long. It started with uh, probably Montefilia beating the uh, long odds on favourite, very elegant. She was airborne. And then the, the big margin, uh, Annabo, he's, he's, he's arrived. The, the real Animo's arrived at the right time. And then Forbidden Love's had an amazing month. Fireburn and the job Gary Portelli's done with her, and then it finished with, with the party boy again. It's uh, it's just an incredible story, the Shelby 66 uh, story. It's uh, to get to a Group One um, so soon, and uh, it's all just happened. It's been incredible. I can't wait to discuss it with you shortly, Duff, uh, about Sydney. Glenn Munsey, how was your weekend? Good morning to you. Uh, I've had better, uh, Luke. Uh, didn't have a great day there Saturday. Some um, internet uh, issues and what the like. So I was glad to get out of Rose Hill, to be brutally honest with you. Uh, not the <laughs> racing uh, got me through the day, but uh, I, was, I was glad to be out of there. Okay, Munns. Well, look, uh, we'll try and lift your spirits and get you back this morning and reflect on this this weekend. I mean, boys, we're trying to be up and about here, and Munns just wants couch. to have a sook. Jesus, sook, isn't he? Oh, Munns. <laughs> uh, you, you can ask Ronnie what the day was like uh, to share. A, a I have to sit next to him. <laughs> How was he, Duff? Was he oh, was he fair. blowing up? Was he fair? He, he's like <laughs> you're an old woman, Munns. Jeez, <laughs> and even a dummy. <laughs> oh, no, it got spat pretty early. <laughs> Let's chat, chat about this spit, uh, slipper, boys. Uh, I was about to say spitter. Uh, the golden slipper, Fireburn. Duff, for her to pick herself up after that bad interference um, and put a margin on them, that was just outstanding on Saturday. Yeah, the finishing speed. She's just been uh, chasing the line down at every start, and we all saw that. And she's just kept a low profile all the way through. The, the wet track did help her, and... A cool ride by Avdala after uh, getting that shuffle up early in the race. He, he kept his cool and and uh, kept his powder dry and, and just rode for luck, which did come. And uh, obviously the fence was uh, a, a bit better uh, on the day. There's no doubt about it. But she was too good. She was dominant and a great result for connections. Uh, best of Bordeaux. Um, Casey's done an amazing job with him. He 1,200 metres for the first time with a... A uh, little break between runs, and he he fought courageously. Thought she was going to win when she come uh, come out cool and gather. She just maybe just didn't let down on that heavy track. So I don't think she'd lose too many admirers. And then we could go back through the field. OJ makes good ground, overachieved, and Jackano's going to be a better horse next preparation. He's still a raw looking horse with um, with with plenty to come with a spell under his belt. So uh, there was other excuses. The Jarden found trouble the whole way and. And, and whatever, but uh, all honours with the winner, she was just far too good. Mm. Oh, she really was. A few suspensions out of the slipper. Nashra Willis, Sweet Ride, and Sam Clipperton, just when he's crossed on Best of Bordeaux, got them a little bit tight, so a few suspensions out of the race. Munns, how did you reflect on the, the slipper? I know you said the fillies um, were the, the horses to look for, and it was the filly Fireburn that won on the day. Yes, um, you know, it was, it was just the sort of race where... You know, I thought when they turned for home, I thought Cool and Gatta, you know, she travelled beautiful in the run and James let her down, got to the middle of the track there, but you just didn't really ping. Uh, and, and you knew you were in trouble probably 100 metres after that, but she was still very, very good when you consider 63 days off. You know, those back in the field that, you know, were that, that got that interference, um, Brenton, well, he just never gave up, did he? He just stayed on the fence there, and, and that's where he made his ground. I thought she's extreme, should have finished much, much closer. She didn't have a great deal of luck. And 
and of the Colts, Sajardin was easily the best of those. Like, for him to cop three separate checks in a golden slipper and still have the audacity to want to find the line the last little bit, it just goes to show you how well he did go. Mm, more checks than Westpac Bank, poor old Sajardin. Let's get to our first caller. Uh, we'll come back to the slipper, boys, or it may be in regards to the golden slipper that Peter has phoned in on 13.53. Good morning to you, Peter. Oh, g'day there, Luke. What, uh, what can we help you with, mate? Um, I've got a question for Dino um, about uh, what I thought was a re- pretty impressive winner at uh, ra- uh, second race at Pakenham on Thursday night, a horse called De- Don Diego. Um, seemed to miss the skit cut out at the start and was a clear last and um, rounded them up and won pulling up by three lengths. So I just wondered what Dino thought of it. Yeah, well, it was a good win. Uh, he hadn't probably shown that sort of ability at the trials. He'd been going okay, but they'd been riding him really forward in the trials, and maybe they learned something on Thursday night, right? You know, being cut out at the start, as you rightly said, uh, he powered to the line, and he's a he's a big, strong horse. So uh, that, uh, that by accident, they might have uh, learned something from start one with him that uh, given a chance to balance up, he, he hit the line. So you'd think he'd win in town the way he won on uh, Thursday night. That was a terrific win. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad. I thought I had the, was on the right track. Uh, a mate of mine's got a small share in him, and um, I was interested in what you thought. Thanks very yeah, much. Yeah, exciting. I hope uh, your mate tipped him to you, Peter, and you had something on. Good on you. Thanks. Thanks, Thank mate. You. Thanks so much for the call. 13.53.53. If you've got a question for either Dean Lester, Ron Duffercy or Glenn Munsey. Let's circle back to that slipper and just round off on it, Duff. Uh, do you think that this filly... Has the aces now heading towards the sires? I know Gary's keen to press on with her if she's come through well. Well, it's a whole new ball game, pressing on after a slipper, and especially if the weather clears, and now we might be working with dry track form. So I think it's a little bit... You'd be more confident if you went into a sires on another wet track with her, I would have thought. Uh, but... Um, there's no way you could be knocking her because uh, what's around to make the next move, I I don't know. Uh, so we'll have to, sometimes these sires can fall away or all of a sudden we get a second wave of horses that are, might be improvers. So I think yeah. we assess that situations once we get the field out and, and, can, and consider the conditions we may be working with. Yeah, we know with two-year-olds they're a day-to-day proposition, aren't they? And Dino, the Melbourne form seemed to hold up okay with Dormier winning, uh, running fourth. Yeah, Dormier and Jackano fourth and sixth. They both ran, uh, I think, very good races. Dormier looked a real chance at about the 300, but uh, yeah, he peaked on his run. But uh, I thought it was great to see a Philly win. It hasn't been a great year, so I didn't want to see a boom stallion. Uh, yeah, we, we've got the uh, the massive tail of the breeding arm wagging the racing dog a lot of the time and uh, won't get that opportunity to have that slipper winner uh, go to, to start as such this year. And uh, I thought it was terrific. And Duff, the two Group 1 winners so far... Uh, in the two-year-old ranks, the Blue Diamond winner uh, was by, is by Epaulette, who's in Turkey, and uh, <laughs> Rebel Dane couldn't get it, barely could get a mare at, at, in Victoria, and uh, now he'll be all the flavour, and he's he's going great guns. Like the, this isn't just a one-off. There's some plenty of them going around that are that are going really well off a very limited base. Exactly. You know, I think he only had maybe 11 mares one year, yes. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think the most he's had in three or four seasons is 40. Yeah. Uh, so 
he will maybe become very popular all of a sudden to, or attractive for a cheap stallion and he might be he might get a little bit of an upgrade as far as his um service fee is concerned but yeah he's got a few around and for, for you know just for to, to gary and his connections or, or louis even just just you know identifying this one because they obviously gary trained rebel dane and he they've, they've identified this is the one we want and it's a slipper winner yeah, and, and I mean, her pedigree would suggest that it's not just going to be sprinting uh, on that dam side out of a so you think mare, and it goes it goes deeper and deeper uh, further back. So, you know, you know back to Denendry, I think, uh, you know, great filly the Bard at at one stage. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good family. Yeah, and like I say, she we might not see the best of it if she gets to a mile plus. Who knows? And she's got that racing pattern that says that as well. Love it, boys. Uh, Animo dominated them in the Rose Hill Guineas on Saturday, and Michael's called in to chat about it. Good morning, Michael. Oh, morning, guys. Thanks for your time. Um, this year, I've always been an Animo fan from back prior to the Blue Diamond last year and everything, and obviously this weekend was a showcase of talent. I'm just wondering, if you were the owners, where would you go next? Do you think the Derby would be the right run going into the Queen Elizabeth? Yeah, I don't know. I, they're, they're listening... Listening to James, I'm thinking he's, he says he might need another run uh, before, uh, obviously, the Queen Elizabeth. And to think that that run might be in a in a derby or a tankard is uh, interesting uh, to take Does into the a while. It's a bit hot this year, the derby as well. Maybe with a couple of other nice horses going over there. Yeah, yeah. So I think we'll leave it to the stable. I must say he's he's got him he's got him right now because he's. He's been very fresh, and his manners and were perfect that day, weren't they? Unbelievable. The he, he, he was actually once you saw him walking on the track, you thought mm. he's unbeatable. Yeah, race over. <laughs> yeah, race over. It was, it was just a different horse, and uh, that's a credit to the way they've handled him. And the fact yeah, that James be. James was very bullish to put him into the race early. Hundred percent. He's ready for it now. He's fit enough for it now. He's at the right distance, and I'm a great believer in, you know, these, these you know these three year olds that uh, you got to. You know, put them in a winning position when they get to these distances, even though you're riding them quiet and setting, maybe setting them a task in the in the lead-up races. It's uh, when you get to these grand finals, you you take bad luck out of the equation if you've got a dominant colt like him. Definitely, yeah. Well, that, that good, and hopefully he goes well in the in the Queen Elizabeth as well. So, onwards and upwards. For sure. Good on you, Michael. And Duff, I heard uh, or read an article, uh, Vin Cox from Godolphin, suggesting also that the Tancred wasn't out of the question on a quick backup to get in there. They're just trying to work out that right path, aren't they? They are. They are. And uh, I think the horse tells them that, what happens in the next 48 hours, how he does in the stable, how he recovers from the run. Uh, like it was a 2,000 metre race on a heavy track, uh, but uh, I don't think he'd blow a candle out when he come back in. So yeah. it, it, interesting if he does go that mile and a half next to see... Uh, what happens uh, so you know he's going really well if they're happy to run him again yeah what of the beaten horses converge he'll drop to 49 and a half for a doncaster next forgot you ran third and profondo he was he was very fired up in the run wasn't he he's done that before um i thought that may the maturity might bring that out of him but it hasn't he was just a bit fresh and did his thing and when he got tired he ran into the fence and yeah, yeah, so I think um, we'd have to have another look at him on a dry track. Forgot you, looks more of a derby type. He lacks a turn of speed. And Converge gets another chance back to a mild, drier track. I think uh, he, he, he's, um, he, although well beaten, he's still got a little bit to offer. Yeah, lightweight too, not very big. That, no. that big weight drop's going to help him enormously. For sure. 
Glenn, what was your take on the Rose Hill Guineas? Ah, well, as I said, I, I, you know, James just put him into the race animo and, you know, it was a case of the best horse in the race ridden to, to show that he was the best horse. And, uh, you know, now the fact that he's, he's had, that was his fourth run back. And they were, you know, happy enough to put him where he was. He was just far too good for them. Uh, you know, who who would have thought, you know, going to the races that everyone was discussing, well, was the race going to be run similar to what the Randwick Guineas was and Animo would be giving Converge a start? Well, once they got to the first turn and Animo was in front of Converge, you could basically say, well, race all over. Absolutely. And myself included, I'm thinking, oh, Animo, he'll go back again. But no, no, James is... That's why he's so good. He, he just said, right, as Duff said, he's fit now. Let's put him in the race. And uh, he just, yeah, six and a half lengths was the winning margin. Home in 35-20. Staying in Duff, Sydney. Sorry, oh, sorry I was just Dan. Say, look, do you think, Duff, that he had that uh, luxury because the horse wasn't as fresh as he was two weeks ago where he probably was just concentrating on getting him to switch off and ultimately it meant position running was against him. But Saturday he knew that he could probably, you know, Chop and change his tempo a bit. Yeah, and he's the type of jockey that can do that. He, you know, he's the he's our leading jockey, and he's not going to be uh, criticised as as most if, if things didn't turn out right. Riding uh, more forward, if he wouldn't yeah. have finished off, you know, we, we would have said, "Oh, he rode him wrong." Uh, but he's the type of jockey, McDonald, that rides them on a feel, and he doesn't mind making uh, decisions outside of instructions. Which I don't know what the instructions were. I wouldn't. I would have thought they would have just left it to him. He knows enough about the horse, and and uh, we are. It's a whole different situation. A two thousand metre against his own, own age, and and uh, yeah, like I said, he's a fit horse, and I, I wouldn't think he'd have if he drew barrier inside barrier six at any race. He, we know he can race in the box seat. Yeah. Duff, can you elaborate on what difference there was with him in the mounting yard? He, was he very fresh uh, well, in the Randwick Guineas or something, was he? Well, his first two runs back, he was very hot. And, and, and I, was, I was a little bit worried he, he was really becoming, knowing he's a colt. And then last start, he, was, he didn't like the theatre of the horse much. And he, he, he was a little bit better as far as not getting as hot. But he got agitated. He, he, he was jig jogging. Every time he went past the gate, he, he lashed out and kicked out, and and uh, you thought, oh, this horse could go one way or another next time. Uh, but I'd say with those three runs under his belt, he was an angel there on on Saturday. I did, I did see that James said I had a talk to Mark Van Gestel, and I wanted to see if he'd let me uh, give a shorter parade with the horse. And I don't think he. Uh, that's the norm, and uh, I think that was a negative, uh, but that didn't matter. He was the first in the yard. He had one handler with him. He was as cool as a cucumber. He did kick one horse behind the barrier, uh, the horse that was yes. a late scratching. <laughs> so I thought, oh, so he's still a lad, but uh, just get out, keep out of his road, that's all I say. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> It was interesting uh, when, when Duff said there he only had one handler, and the last couple of runs he's had a bodyguard. Uh, with him in yeah. the yard, they've, they've, uh, the gentleman leads him around all the time. But the last couple of runs, there's been a second person in the yard just there to be ready if they needed to get two on him. And now he wasn't sighted on Saturday, so they were, must have been very confident that he had settled down enough um, to warrant just the one chap to lead him around. And the other thing James said, he said, in Australia, we're going to be at the races three hours before with these yeah. horses and these fiery colts, you know, and they can stir up during the day and see fillies walk past them and whatever. 
uh, he said, you know, overseas they, they have they just arrive at the race course and away they go. They walk uh, across the road and go. Yeah, yeah an, hour, an hour before. So uh, they're they're all little things that the punters don't know about, and mm. and uh, how well obviously I, I don't disagree. You, you've got to be there to be you know tested and whatever three hours before or whatever they do. Uh, but it's a different situation in Australia where sometimes these colts you get them there early and they can go to pieces. Let's go to Michael, who's called in on 13.53.53. Good morning to you, Michael. Morning, boys. Um, I want to talk about a horse and purse, a two-year-old. I think it's the best one I've ever seen, Amelia's Drill. Dean didn't know about her. Um, I think they paid 600000 for her. She came out of England, right? And even Simon Miller was dumbfounded, struck her after the race. I think she might have nearly won the slipper. Mm. Uh, just that, and um, how much she cost and... Those sort of aspects of it. And where's Bob Peters and Williams and that and Alana? Uh, I never got the story of that. He sort of got out of the game. And he just asked Dean, please. Yeah. Well, Bob Peters certainly hasn't got out of the game. He, he had runners yesterday. So, uh, But he's not with Grant Williams anymore. Um, Grant's gone out in his own. Uh, and he had to dissolve a partnership with his partner, Alana, because she's a uh, non-vaccinated person, so they can't actually even uh, live together at the moment. Um, with regard to Amelia's Jewel, uh, Peter Walsh is the uh, who has Amelia Park, so that's why they have the uh, prefix Amelia. He bought the mare and put her in Folder C Uni. Uh, I don't know what he paid for the mare, but... Uh, uh, whatever he did, it's a bargain. She is an absolute beauty. And, uh, yeah, had had travel allowed it uh, with COVID and things, uh, I think she'd have been over here for at least a blue diamond and maybe even a slipper. But uh, they, uh, at the time, the borders were shut, uh, and so she couldn't uh, couldn't even in, you know, endeavour to do that. So, no, she's very good filly. She's the best I've seen, Dean. You know, she, I, you know, I was on those horses... Say you think he's second start, I picked him, I picked Sunline of second start in Sydney for a first start when she came over. Bo Rogue did one when he went first up at the Valley years ago. You know, this is a real good horse, this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's, there's something, there's certainly something special about her. You know, you know, like Barry at 12, you know, like, yeah, she's drawn wide both times, so she hasn't been even uh, been able to put into a race yet. She's had to do it all herself, so no, she is very good. Well spotted. Yeah, that's Amelia's due. She's two jewel, star- two starts for two wins there in WA. Won the gym crack on Saturday, and uh, yeah, was very very impressive in doing so. Thanks so much for your call, Michael. Let's uh, boys just quickly chat about the Rand Vet. A few questions on the text line here. Um, hey guys, beware. Uh, the wounded champion, very elegant, was written off before the cup, beaten on Saturday. She can certainly bounce back. Uh, Montefilia had her measure come Saturday, but Duff, uh, sectionally, uh, they ran home very, very quick on a slow tempo, didn't they? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, will always be, you know, very elegant. She was beaten on a merits, but I say beware of the winner. She might be, have come back very, very good. Uh, her, her timers were outstanding. She ran a second and a half faster than Animo. I know it's a different race shape, uh, but she she was outstanding there on, on Saturday, Montefilia. She um, four group ones. She's the yeah. time that took notice of her a bit. Exactly, exactly. And, and she's a big brute now. I, mm. I, I'd liked her a bit first up, and I thought, well, she, she, she went okay, but she just looked enormous. Um, so she's matured, and she is, don't worry, she is a dark horse uh, in 
you know, even I'm, I'd considered she'd have a, a great chance in the Queen Elizabeth, in that, even in that hot field, because she'll be. I think that's her sweet spot, isn't it? Two thousand metres. I know she's well, shown class to get over the line in a Metropolitan and run fourth in a Caulfield Cup, but I think her class shines through at two thousand. Yeah, but she might. But David Payne is adamant. I want to win the Melbourne yeah, Cup with yes, her. Yes, I heard <laughs> that. I heard that. Uh, yeah, so uh, whether she can, if, when he stretches her out with a work, if she if, if she copes for that, we'll we'll, we'll we'll know. But I'll tell you what, she's a, a much more finished article now, and she she don't worry about that. That was no fluke in that performance. I love the uh, ride of Jason Collett there. Like he just didn't yeah. go. He 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 was always going to probably be one one, but what he did was sit three lengths off the one in front of him so that when he wanted to go he had full momentum to go and very elegant was always going to have to wind up to get past him so he he just gave him so if he'd been fourth one out one back and then had to switch out and go quick it, it mightn't have worked but he gave himself that beautiful bit of room to just slide into the race and I, I thought he'd put you know he, he could often go around the field of six and just not put as much thought into it as that and I thought it was a ter- just a tremendous ride he's a terrific horseman he's a cool mm. calm and collected nothing worries him nothing phases him and he's he he's right up there with it well we know that he's he's he's, he's one of our best but he is he just keeps a low profile and gets the job done and he's a great jockey Fourth group one on Saturday for Jay Collett. Let's get Sean's take on Montefilia. Sean, you want to talk about David Payne's mare? Good morning. Mate, I, I love mate, I love her. I backed her every single start from, from day one. And I, I know she she probably know the colours are very young on Saturday and people were upset, but mate, I backed her so I, 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 I don't care. But mate, where does she go to? At Queen Elizabeth now, you reckon does? Uh, yep, uh, she probably does. I'd uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. What he's eyeing off, you know, I think he's looking towards spring with her, but uh, she's obviously a, a Queen Elizabeth candidate for sure. And I don't know if he, he runs her in the mile and a half race or, or, or what, the, the Tancred or, or whatever. But uh, she's going to be competitive in whatever she runs in. I think I think she can win a cup. She might get in with a very light weight too, being a mare. Who knows? Yeah, you won't know. You, you get to the spring and she runs in one of those mile-and-a-half lead-ups, yeah. then, you'll, then you'll get a better guide. If she runs in a Caulfield Cup again and finishes off yep. hard, then, then they're, they're, they're cooking with gas. Yep. One view, one view, Dino. Yes. Mate, I've been back and forgot you quite a while as well as. Yep. Do you think the heavy ground undone on Saturday or maybe just quite not, might not be quite a group one horse? Uh, I think he's... I think he's better in really fast races. Uh, he showed that when he ran in the Caulfield Guineas and even the, the uh, Mooney Valley Vars and the Stutt Stakes. And Saturday, uh, Profondo pulled hard, but he went very, very slowly. So uh, it was then, you know, horse, you know, it was always Animo's race to win because of his class, and he, he did it accordingly. I don't think that suited Forgot You at all. He just needs to get in a truly run middle distance to staying race. And I think we'll see the best of him. I wouldn't give up on him in that scenario. I don't want to back him to beat Animo if Animo happened to go towards the derby. But if he got in a race where they rolled along, he could win. Yeah, 100%. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much, Sean, for your call. You're on Punters Postmortem, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. 
the Provincial Championship Qualifiers. Wyong. 2020. Getting through over on the far side, Lifetime Quest and then Oxford Tycoon, but Animate went bang at the 100. Sprinter two links in front. Oxford Tycoon render second is closing well, but it's Animate clear and Animate one at three quarters. Oxford Tycoon. 2021. Bomber back to the rail, then followed Zefterbrook, Nightfly, Youngheart, Prince Aurelius in front, 100 metres left to run. Zefterbrook trying hard. Prince Aurelius hanging on though, and Prince Aurelius one at a length and a quarter. The provincial midway championship qualifier at Wyong this Saturday. The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time they're on the search to find the best man cave. Now the winner will receive a fully catered Sticky and Smoky putters party in their man cave with 10 of their mates for an afternoon of racing and footy action. Me and Loz will come along too, so start firing through your photos now. Now to enter, go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au follow the props. There's a prestigious day where the best horses race, the star Doncaster Mile and the Bentley Australian Derby in all their grace. Guests in black and white from head to toe, four historic Group 1 races and a dazzling show. The Star Championships Day 1 featuring world-class racing, the new wing stand and a show-stopping live performance by Shepherd. This is where stories are made. April 2 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. If you run a local business, we radio listeners would like a word. A word about your garden centre sale. A word about your new online store. A word about your famous meat pies. Because you've got the things we want. But unless you advertise it, we won't know about it. So get on the radio. Then it'll be your store we go to. Your website we visit. And your name we remember. Come on. We're all ears. Advertise on radio and watch your business grow. For help with radio advertising, visit radioalive.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. And it's great to be with you. I hope you had a great weekend. Luke Marlowe filling in for Dave Stanley this morning. You're with Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning on Punter's Postmortem. Bob's called in on 13 53 53. Good morning, Bob. Morning, guys. A great weekend of racing. Uh, I'm just a little bit confused about the provincial midway. In the midway handicaps, I might be wrong, but is Chris Lee not eligible to run his horses because of his number of Group 1 winners? Uh, yes, I don't think he's eligible for the midways. Uh, but, but, but for the provincial midways, he's yes, maybe uh, going to have half the <laughs> yes. Yeah, they, they changed the conditions of that race. they have made it a provincial... Championship, provincial midway championship. So, mm. what that's done is bring uh, it's, it's it's brought the trainers that are eligible for the midway available for to run their horses in the uh, provincial series. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 it's sort it of. It just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Just bit because messy. you happen to have your stable based out of Sydney, if you're a Group One winning trainer, to the to the extent that they are, and they have the ability to really dominate those those finals with multiple runners, it kind of defeats the purpose of, of spreading the wealth amongst the, the different the different, um, the different trainers. Yeah, look, I, I saw Joe Pride 
tweet something during mm. the weekend and he said, well, I'm not allowed to run in these provincial midway uh, races, but uh, the Golden Slipper trainer and the All-Star Mile trainer can. <laughs> 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 it's a bit cheeky, but it, yeah. it's got and, very... And the country trainer wins the other group one. <laughs> he's, he's worth following and he's, and he's a highway that. horse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. I, I guess, guys, maybe they could look at updating it. Uh, I think it's yearly now. Uh, they might sort of just shorten that time frame, um, maybe to six monthly or three monthly and update it all of the time because it's on a, a point system, isn't it? Well, the, well, the other thing I might, I might suggest is for the country championships, just to add a little bit of a reward for the jockeys to do all the hard work in the bush, is that you make it that the jockey must have competed in a country championship um, lead up to be eligible to ride in that one particular race because it's their chance to make some money. These guys drive hundreds and hundreds of kilometres to get to meetings and then come the big day, a uh, city jockey comes and takes the ride. Yeah, that's been uh, talked about all the way through and I think these country, when they have their big days for these heats and uh, their, their turn, well, we saw McDonald and Bowman go to Canamble and I think that was a big hit a big hit for the locals and even the local jockey said no we don't mind them coming here it's promoting our sport and our local area that uh, love to see these jockeys in action and uh, you, you know I, I, I'm a great fan of the the big jockeys going and promoting country racing and I don't think they're stealing the country blokes rise to that extent where it's more or less promoting their area and, um, and putting the spotlight on their show Okay fellas have a great day punning and uh, that great week and Dusty Tycoon's back on Wednesday so we're all happy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Legend. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Uh, and and with, the, with those provincial midway championships, uh, some of the heats are for provincial midway horses. Some are for provincial horses only. Uh, so that, that's how they, that, they mix it up a little bit. Like this Saturday coming, um, it's provincial horses only at Wyong. Mm-hmm. And then the wild card at Newcastle on the following Thursday is for both. So provincial and midway trainers. Very Todd. complicated. <laughs> yeah. The answer, yeah. my head's, you know what it is. Yeah. Pineapple. Todd's on the line, boys. Morning, Todd. Good day, gentlemen. How are you? Well, thank you. Big fan, Duff. Uh, I remember at uh, Canterbury um, Guineas meeting in 2003, Tip Fine Society at 10 to 1. Uh, Beautiful. Just a long memory. Night, <laughs> Still dining out. Was that the last winner? <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> um... Just a question for you guys. Um, obviously, you're uh, all old enough to remember uh, the great champion, Might and Power, and uh, my favourite ever horse, Sunline. Um, the question that I have for you is, based on uh, what they won in their careers, um, in comparison with um, how much money's on offer today for those particular races, um, where, what do you think that actually would have won in their careers um, as far as prize money's concerned uh, on today's comparison? Well, I think we could think get the been, yeah. yeah, we get the you could get the records out and, and yep. probably look that up your, yourself and uh, work that out. Yeah, that's a it's a project. Take you an hour or so. Mm. Uh, you could look out what races they won and look out what they were worth last year and add it all up and you'll get your answer. But I'm saying it'll be plenty, Todd. It'll it'll be a lot of money. And and the upgrade in some of the races. Like Sunline won the Turnbull Stakes when it was only Group Two. It's now Group One and. So things have changed over the over the time since uh, they were around twenty odd years ago. Yeah, it's like the jockeys. You know, you you, you say you go back to the jockeys when there wasn't wasn't as many Group Ones, and you can rethink. Oh, well, that would have been in these days. So many Group Ones because the yep. the, the George Moore yeah, days. There's exactly. always been an argument. Yep. 
Mm, great stuff. Um, can't believe it's 40 minutes into the program and we haven't uh, dived into it already, Duff. Give him a slot. Give, Give him, him a, a slot. slot. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt's well, getting printed up. <laughs> well, you'd get your money's worth in promotion. That's, uh, that's one thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, we've just got to work out his program leading into the Everest with nine runs going in. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a wet track. <laughs> and a wet track. <laughs> Duff will be there turning the sprinklers on. <laughs> oh, it's been done before. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, we're chatting about Shelby 66, boys, uh, winning the Galaxy. Great story. Robbie Dolan uh, in the saddle, his second group one. And for trainer Danny Williams, um, his first, isn't it, Duff? So just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, great story, and it's uh, it's been well documented uh, what's happened, and he's busy schedule, and he's been lucky enough to get the dry, the wet tracks, and he's really capitalised it, and, and a a real feel good story, and uh, probably captures the attention of um, a lot of people as well. They they love a battler, and they love a battler winning, and it's like a bit of a takeover t- target story, although it hasn't reached the heights of that, but it, it, it it's a uh, an unbelievable thing and I don't think we should lose Robbie Dolan in this as well uh, Robbie's had a, an interesting month where he, he lost the ride on the high, high profile horse uh, Profondo and he, he, he copped that sweet and he went to the races with 2.52 rides there on Saturday and won on both of them and yeah. he, he, it was a, a beautiful rides on both of them as well so he stayed cool calm and collected he's a young man with a big future and he's uh, you know he hasn't spat his dummy out or, or anything like that which it's hard when you're starting off and you it's find not a good horse it's yeah. not munzy <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i've been at it a lot longer <laughs> yeah but no no it's a it's a great story um horse trainer and jockey how do you reckon the punters would have gone if six weeks ago on the show we'd have said now I think Shelby 66 might win the Galaxy and Barry Elegant will get beaten in the Ranvet. How do you think we'd be travelling? On this show, if I want to pull it out about nine weeks ago when I backed him in that highway, (laughs) he he cruised up and on the Monday I said, he'll never win another race. He will never. (laughs) I said, he will never win another race. He just refuses to go past the leader. So there you go. That was 668 days since he won a race. That's right. Um, I I said, it'll be another 668. But, uh, have, you, have you ever seen anything like it, Duff, in all seriousness? A horse to, to improve like this? It's just been amazing. Uh, yeah, I did nothing that jumps out at me. Uh, Jungle so Edge is the only one I've got as close. Maybe not yeah. since Monologue. No, <laughs> yes. not since Monologue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the great Monologue. Oh, you know, but, uh, with the power of hindsight, you know, you say to yourself, well, I suppose he, you know, no great shock to see him win. Uh, that race on Saturday when you consider you know he, he had finished in front of Nature Strip in the Challenge Stakes wasn't beaten that far by Eduardo and, and he comes into that race but you also say to yourself now hang on was that just a complete abomination yeah. that he he did split those two horses at Ranwick I know he came out his next start and, and did win uh, a, a group three race but you know rule of law he, he beat on that occasion that gave him weight um, it was one of the better backed horses in the, the Galaxy on Saturday, actually. Rule of law was $26 into $10. So you say to yourself, you know, oh, was it just a fluke what he did? But then he comes out on Saturday and he does it again. And, you know, he was he's so advantaged the way the tracks are at the moment, being rain-affected, and he's rock-hard fit. So fit, yeah. No, so well, fit, yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with his rating now. Well, he was a 63 rater. Uh, went to 82, high... didn't he? After he went... the... 
He went from 62 to 68 after he won that highway on the yeah. February, February. Then he went to an 82. 82, then he yeah. went to 96 after he won the... Uh, group three. The group three. And I'm just trying to look it up. No, they, they usually yeah. do on Monday afternoon, I think. Yeah. He'd be I about 100. Well, it'd have to be... It would have been off a base of 100, probably. So it'd have to be 104 now. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking at 103 here, boys, just on yeah. that race in New South Wales. So he got seven, seven points. So... Yeah. 103 with an asterisk. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, still it might be just an automatic you get seven for yeah. winning. Well, it's unprecedented, yeah. so that's what the asterisk yeah. means. We don't know what's happening next. The bloke should be sacked for only giving 20 <laughs> after winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. What about the beaten horses, Duff? Uh, in the Congo, looks to have returned well, so too big parade. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Robbie beat his old boss there, and I think uh, Josh has... Just to said everything after the race, he says, oh, God. They, they, they were very confident with the big parade going into that race, and he looked all over a winner until Shelby peeled off his back. So it was a good training effort, but didn't get the desired result there. Likewise, within the Congo, they trained him up to really make a statement first up, and he, he read boldly, uh, considering, you know, resuming it on a, on a heavy nine uh, first up. And then, you know, the fit horse, Belucci Babe, she just continues to run honestly. Overpass was great again. Uh, Brooklyn Hustle, no no problem there. And, yeah, Pulele just got too far back. They just had no... They didn't go as hard. You see, we, we talk ourselves into the, the, the speed in these races, and that looked one of the fastest races I've seen in the last 10 years. Mm. Uh, but they all fell for, you know, we're not going to be part of this speed thing. We once these... Uh, you know, uh, they did go hard, but I mean, not as hard as we really expected, like warp, warp speed. But a good race. Uh, it was a very good race. Yeah, it was it harder to make ground out wide? Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Leave me out of the out wide at Rose Hill um, yeah. in the last year, few years. It's, uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a horse in that race that's going sneaky flying. Bella Nipotina. Oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. 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 Well, her first run, like, I think she lost a plate. She pulled up lame Lame. in the Marabi race, and then she missed the kick Saturday. And got stopped about three times. Just one of those horses that has got a very, very good race in her. Yeah. uh, The Sapphire or something like that on second day of the championships, that mare's race. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, that's the Galaxy Boys. Um, I think we've got Les on the line who's called in now. Morning, Les. Les, you've got the radio on there in the, the background. Les, are you with us? Oh, he's been brushed, has he? Let's go to Mark. Mark, good morning to you. Morning, Luke. Good morning, boys. Luke, um, question for you. You called Scone Races yesterday, and yes. obviously I've got a bit of a thing about far too easy. And I didn't get a chance to watch the exhibition go up against Fender, so I basically uh, wanted to see what you thought about the... Uh, the, the trial, and also what's your opinion about the thing that won the first race of Annabelle Nishan's first starter, please? Well, yeah, the first win of Voldemort, um, gee, he, he was a massive win, Mark. It was unbelievable. I, I mean, you don't see uh, first starters over a 1,000 make up such significant ground. I'd definitely be following him. And just on the uh, the track gallop with Far Too Easy, he galloped with Fender, and that's actually up on uh, Twitter somewhere. I think it's Racing New South Wales have tweeted that out, Mark, if you want to... If you're on, are you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, you're on the Twitter, mate. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Go to the, go to Racing underscore New South Wales at Racing underscore New South Wales. They've put the gallop up there, so you can have a look at him. But uh, yeah, he looked in good order. Far too easy. He's based there at Scone with his trainer David McComb at the moment, because obviously David 
was uh, terribly affected by those bad floods in Mwoolumba. So um, the club's done amazing to accommodate him. And, um, yeah, he, he did seem to gallop quite well there yesterday, Mark. Well, Luke, just one other thing before you, before you go, mate. I believe he's also maybe going to trial at Scone on Wednesday. And if so, do you know whether that's true? And do they know whether they've got a jockey yet worked out for, for the country championships, please? I don't think he'll trial Wednesday having galloped yesterday. And I think, without knowing for certain, James McDonald is booked. OK, mate. OK. All right, All right mate. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, boys. Thanks, Mark. Dino, I heard you just in the background there. Did you spot that uh, Voldemort win the first yesterday? I did. It was, it was Wasn't remarkable because someone you know, was on Twitter, I think. Someone put, geez, uh, a big win in the first race and I'm, uh, how quickly it finished. And I was sort of watching the race and not much was changing. And I thought, maybe it's that one in the light colours out wide. And then all of a sudden it just launched and, geez, uh, it was a big win. Wasn't it what? He who shall not be named uh, for the Harry Potter fans. Mm. Les is back. Good morning, Les. Les, Les, are you there? <laughs> he's had a, he's on seven a, second delay, Les, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give him a second go. I'll give him one more try. Les, are you there? Yes, I am. I'd like to know if Glenn Muzzy could uh, let us know if there was a late scratching in race seven at Scone yesterday. Horse number 12. Uh, let me go back and uh, have a look at the results for you. So race seven at Scone yesterday. Um uh, mate, you, if you've got anything else, um, I'll, I'll plug I'll plug away here and see what I can do for you. If you've got any yeah, other questions, yeah, the horse's name was Paravion. It didn't figure on the screen, and the race caller didn't mention it at all. Was that you? Know. He's no Luke. good, that caller. He, he's uh, yeah, well, you know, Luke was only there at the track, so he he would be able to help you at all with it. <laughs> it, um, it, it ran. It was, it a, ran, it was a runner, yeah. It was yeah, a it was a runner. runner. Yeah, Andrew Gibbons and Terry Evans. Uh, not a late scratching. Uh, the caller, not not prone to you know happening, you know, all the time. But <laughs> you know, it does happen occasionally that they just miss one in the run on. Uh, that's well, Luke. I'll is tell you correct? what, we're going to have to do. Well, that's a, I think I'm get being falsely accused up. here. Let's yeah. can we get the Let's replay up, Grant? See if I mentioned Paravion. Come on, let's Just get the replay up. Race 7 at Scone yeah. yesterday. Let's see if I lost the plot. There were a few late scratchings in the last. I knew that. <laughs> oh, Ran 11th. Ran 11th 4.71. Yeah. Started at $51. The last was a circus. Um, <laughs> yes. One played up in the gates and the two horses either side got... Which um, one played up? Because I, I, one of my old delusions. horses... Delusions. Yeah, that was my old horse. Oh, was it, Dino? What, yeah. have, you, what have you done? I was a Flemington winner when she was down. Palm no, one off. what's happened. Yes. Oh, yeah, sell the up. rogues. Oh, you're too good, Lester. <laughs> you're too good. All right, well, we'll find out if I if I miss Paravion in the run yesterday. Um, I'm happy to give myself up if Hang I did, but on. I don't know. I think Les is being harsh. Wombat is on the line. Is he good, Grant? Morning, did you say? Yeah, our next caller. Good morning, Wombat. He ran a cracker of a race. He ran more and more ticks in the Swiss bank there on um, on Saturday in the slipper. And um, I was wondering if um, Portelli will be keeping him going to the sires. I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd say he might. Uh, probably, uh, again, the same old story. It's uh, how he pulls up and how he does. But uh, he'd look a, a likely sires type of force, I'd say. She's did extreme you, the same. Did you see the run, um, Duff? Did you see oh, yeah, run yeah, yeah. He, he just he, had none. He, on the home turn, if he would have stayed and gone to the inside, um, he would have had nearly the same run as the winner. It would have been a very interesting finish. But um, but he he had to, at, at about the 200 metre mark, he was still back about um, 15th or something. 
and then he had to pull him around to the back of horses and then he got going again the last 150 metres. He really powered to the line, you know. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, it's one of those uh, days you say what what might have happened and uh, we'll never know, but uh, he certainly had plenty of excuses there on Saturday. Mm. What, what, what horses have you guys got picked for the big feature races coming up now? Um so we might be able to put a, um, a multi on with something. Have you guys, at the end of the program, can you just give us some leads and what horses do you think might be good bets for a multi over the carnival? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one because you've got to know where a lot of these horses are running, but um, uh, we'll have a, we'll try and have a look for you. Animo, definitely going to the derby, is he? No, well, I, it's not definitely. I'd say if we he's eight dollars and the, with doubtful record written next to him in the market. If if you had some inside info, I I think he'd be a little bit shorter than eight dollars <laughs> if you if you, <laughs> if you knew he was going. Let, can you let us know? I think the only race he'd be more you know most definite in would be the Queen Elizabeth, wouldn't it? If if you're yes. wanting to back him in something long term right now. Yes, oh, exactly. Thanks very much, boys. Have a good one. Uh, Thank you very much. Bye now. I've got two messages here off listeners. Um, Gary Portelli said both horses going to the size yesterday and another one, yes, Sir Jardin, going to the size. Okay. So, uh, he's Amelia's jewel coming for the Percy researchers. Sykes. Can we, get a, <laughs> no. can, can we get Amelia's jewel for the Percy Sykes or something? No, before? she's running in the Caracatta. Oh, so okay. I think she's about $2 and you might even be shorter now. I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Fair enough. Uh, I'll have a look for you. Oh, I was going to ask Luke Marlowe, seeing you get asked race calling questions. So. Oh, Les is giving me a hard time there, boys. Yeah. Grant, have you got the audio of that race to see if I called Par Avion? In 10 seconds, we'll have it ready, boys, so we'll find out. Well, I don't know if I do. Dollar eighty, Dino, for the Caracatta now. Okay, okay. Yeah. Those that shopped yes. early may have got better. Uh, yeah, been averaged out at around about uh, $4. That would be right. Hmm. Beautiful. Boys, we'll go to Melbourne shortly and chat about Zaki. Um, Dino, he he just loves the pressure, doesn't he? Um, he just charged across from that wide stall and he was a brilliant winner of the All-Star Mile. Yeah, it's the debate raging down here about how much pressure he actually got because Ooh. he got across very economically and uh, I, you know, I've really liked the first three runnings of the All-Star Mile and ultimately the best two horses ran first and second so we got the probably the right result but my goodness, it was a, it was a dull race. It was... Uh, uh, no one wanted to make moves. Uh, you know, the discussion down here is is because everyone's getting a check in that race. Do, you know, do they lay up and try and get the, the ultimate? And they're not paying. You know, they're not uh, they're not putting horses into races. And it was run very steadily. Uh, but you know, he's he's set up really well, Duff. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a hard run. He's had two nice mile runs. Now to really probably you know, go through the roof and peak at his next run in the Queen Elizabeth. Uh, no doubt. I said what, what impressed me the most that he the way he relaxed outside yeah, the beautiful. loop. He, he, yeah. he can he can get a little aggressive, get his head up that horse. But I must say she and she settled him so so hands. well. Yeah. yeah, my word. And I'm uh, you want an early bet? I, I'm still all over. Um, I'm thun- I'm thunderstruck for the Doncaster. Doncaster. Yep. Yep. I think he'll run very very well. Yeah, he's still got a bit. He's still got a bit to come. So that trip, that run, and that trip will tighten him right up. You know, like he doesn't have that real chiselled look that he had by the end of last spring yet. So uh, yeah, they've they've left enough in the tank to to really have him spot on for there for, for that day. Mm, and I don't think one alley was his friend there on Saturday. No, but he got through pretty well. He got in through saying that. that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and he did. There was no. If there'd been a bit more pressure, the race would have opened up that a lot mm. more. It was very. It yeah. Was, yeah. Coming to the turn, I think he just couldn't go when he wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, he's Bowman's book, boys, in the Doncaster too. I just missed if you if you mentioned yeah. that, but he's he's definitely coming with Bowman on for the Donny. Should we find out if Les's criticisms warranted? <laughs> Please. Grant, let's have a listen to the wild card from Scone yesterday. Caught them okay. Ren's day near the inside. Speared out of the stall. So did Street Power. Blue Miss Island. Also Ezekiel going quickly. Banju being scrubbed up between horses to take a position. Phillipsburg is settling just behind the speed, followed by Cavalier Charles Air Marshal. Edits got in one off for Bullock. Nice piece of riding early from the wide stall. Mr. Hustle was next to the outside, then bobbing. So you say par avion. And last was Vicky's one. They thunder. Is that par avion? In the country champ, you say par avion. You say par avion. You say par avion. <laughs> Grant's playing it over. And... All right, Les. That there you go, Les. That was a bit harsh, boys. Par avion got a run once. But <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed it in the home straight because it was. I think it was out the back, unfortunately. But it did win. It did dead heat in the uh, fandom call at the cocktail party the night before, guys, as well. well so she she got a little bit of a mention. Anyway, Les, there you go, brother. John is on the line. Our next caller. Good morning to you, John. Morning, boys. Uh, just ringing to find out what can we do about Kembla Grange. It's the one track that loses the most meanings in Australia, I reckon. Send some sun. <laughs> That's what right. it needs. Been raining for three weeks, hasn't it? Oh, mate, but fair goes. Newcastle will be running. Why are we going to fix Kembla up? Well, Newcastle's a brand new track. Yeah, what's I'm saying? When are we going to fix Kembla? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's, it's pretty hard to, to, to bag anything with the weather event we've had. Is one in a lifetime, to tell you the truth. And it's rained mm. for a month, uh, so we know Kembla can uh, get wet and uh, and you know. Underwater and look, they've lost lost a couple of meetings. It's it's just that uh, they've been unlucky. Okay, Ronnie, instead of postponing it, why didn't we put it back till today or tomorrow? Today because, we only got Tari running. Yeah, look, uh, that's, I think that's always a thought. But then uh, you've got to think of you know what jockeys are riding where and and uh, the, the weather the next few days. But uh, yeah, I, I get it. You know, we, I think they've. Done a pretty good job changing a lot of meetings over the last month and uh, putting them at different tracks and trying to get them done. And uh, hopefully we don't have to worry about that for the rest of the autumn because it's been messy. And to be fair too, Duff, I think Racing New South Wales should be commended for the way they've tried to shift races around when we've had this unprecedented weather. I think they've really tried hard to, to move meetings. I know the Kemble Classic went to Goulburn and they've yep. tried to, to do their best uh, during pretty tough circumstances. Yeah, and they've added races here, there, and everywhere. They added a, uh, one of the Wednesday races to somewhere. It's uh, they're doing their best in, in difficult circumstances. Mm. And and go go back, you know, fifteen years ago, and we wouldn't have this situation that, you know, because race clubs they didn't, you know, really want to be cooperative with other race clubs. And now you've got, you know, Kembla meetings going to Goulburn. You've got Grafton meeting, Coffs Harbour meetings going to Grafton. It was unheard of years ago. Yeah. And uh, the old, the old uh, uh, bugbear, they'll say, oh, why haven't we got a, you know, synthetic track in Sydney where we can transfer them? But you see it in Brisbane, they they get rain and they, they transfer it to the synthetic track. No, you get a hundred, 150 scratchings. There's three yeah. runners in every race. So leave me out of that. Leave me out of that just as a backup plan unless the race is already programmed for that track. Yeah. John is on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, fellas. While I've been waiting on, 
I was thinking about Shelby 66. The only one I can think who's come from the clouds is uh, Rogan Josh, you'll recall, raced in Bunbury and then Bart got it and fought in the Caulfield Cup, won the McKinnon, won the Melbourne Cup. I couldn't believe it and should never second-guess Bart, I guess. No. Um, uh, the um, All-Star Mildeen, I was very disappointed with the three-year-olds. Uh, pinstripes and lightsaber. Got a comment on them? Yeah, lightsaber. I would have to say something was wrong with him. He just dropped out. Um, Captivant. Well, he's already won his Group One, but he had his mind totally elsewhere in the mounting yard. He was hot. He just didn't race well, and uh, and that's what Patrick Maloney said about him. And I just felt that Pinstripe had lightened off a bit. I just wonder. You know, it was his first big preparation, and maybe he was trained to win the Australian Guineas. And he, I thought he ran pretty well, uh, but I, I think he'd come to the end of it. So. Don't know what happened to Lightsaber. Captivant, yeah, well, he's a, he's a cult, and uh, I'm forgiving a pinstripe. I think you'll see him come back in the spring. And because he hasn't done a great deal yet, he'll be down the bottom of the weights in handicaps, and he'll uh, he'll win a big race. Okay, thank you. Darkie well, uh, was so well-weighted, wasn't it? I mean, weight for age, you know, compared to Inspirational Girl, for example, you know, it sort of looked a, looked a moral. Yeah, it was in, well, the Inspirational Girl thing was that, you know, she, he met her four kilos better, but she'd only had two runs in 18 months, so was she going to improve more? But she just got in a terrible spot in the run. So, uh, yeah, I'm not dropping off her either. Well, yeah. she'd never been beaten a mile. Um, no, so, no. Yeah. She has now. Yes, yep, indeed. Right, thanks, Jen. Thanks so much for your call. Um, just a couple of texts here, boys. Before we get your horses to follow, I might rapid-fire a couple just for our listeners who have texted in. Duff, uh, just... Fangirl, uh, a question about her. Where might we see her next? Could she potentially be an Oaks filly? Um, I'm not sure. What Chris, he doesn't usually um, push him too far. He, I think we'll learn more about her. If we'll look at the um, noms this weekend, see the if she's in anywhere injuries. there, the vinery, yeah. So yeah, okay. that might be a, an option for her. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be sacking her off one run. And this listener just keen for your thoughts on Paul Ely out of the Galaxy. He just seemed to get a, a little bit of an interrupted passage up the straight. Yeah, no, no, forget, uh, just forget he went round. He went a mile back at that track and distance and had too, far too much to do and uh, we just poked home there with uh, not a lot of pressure. He, he went okay. He went okay. He's uh, Round, of course. Yes, yep. there's something left for him. One for Dino. Yonce, um, will she press on? And uh, could we please, Glenn Munsey, get her added into the Caulfield Cup market? That from a listener. Yeah. A mile and a half. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll be a problem. Uh, she's very good. Yonce, um, she's, uh, she's uh, I think you might see her in the Queen of the Turf up there. I, I thought that the uh, Ma used to source for the Queen of the Turf might be Steinem, and I think you're going to give, mm. uh, give her a mention soon, Duff. But... Uh, uh, and she's it, that she was the one I was going to mention as a, a long-range tip uh, for a race uh, because she's uh, big odds in that queen of the turf. But Yonsei comes up and gets on wet ground. We've only seen her once on wet ground, and she was phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I think I think long-term they would be aiming at something like the Caulfield Cup. Mm, she's the $8 equal favourite for the queen of the turf, and Steinem's mm. a $26 chance. Big odds. Huge. All right, four minutes past ten. This has been Putters Postmortem. We'll now get our horses to follow. I'll start with you, Glenn Munsey. Um, we were always looking, uh, Luke, at this time of year, I think, for the, the, the lower grade races, but I think two out of the, the first race there, which was the Midway Saturday, uh, first of which was uh, Mahogany, 
the imported galloper for David Payne. It actually turns three this week. Um, and that was its 11th start on Saturday, but uh, a European three-year-old, so he's behind ours, and Stella Performer, I thought they were the two runs in the midway there, uh, Stella Performer coming off a benchmark 64 win at Newcastle, uh, and the another imported galloper, I thought he was very, very gallant on Saturday, surefire, his second run here in Australia, and he was out in the worst part of the track there, but just refused to give up and in that race there when... Uh, running second to no compromise. And if you need another one, I said, you know, sneaky flying uh, Bella Nipotina out of the galaxy. Ron Duffersey? Um, I've got two out of the last race. Uh, that uh, horse we forecast there, Steinem. Now, to my eye, and doing the form for that meeting, I, I picked it up and was looking at her, and I thought, well, this is just a start-off race. She's had only one soft trial. She's not a 1,200-metre horse. And and I, I must say, when the tab come up with her as favourite, I thought, OK, she... They might think she's all right, this mare, uh, but she couldn't win that race. Wide, no cover. She was excellent, so I agree. Um, and happy to get the seal of approval from Dino. And there's one other one out of that race. Has to be good. Uh, I think she's only a benchmark 74 or 5 mare, and it is a good thing when they put her in the right race. And Mahogany, or I'm, they call him Mahogany. I can't put myself to it. So Mahogany. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has had a busy schedule, that horse. He's, a, he's really only a two-year-old. He had 10 runs and he, he's only had 150 days off. But he's an import that David can win a couple of races with. He, he was out in the quicksand out wide and was pretty good. Dean Lester. Uh, horse called T-Waters uh, in race four on Saturday at Flemington resumed. He ran third in the derby in the spring. He ran really well. I think Archie Alexander's giving him, giving him that bit extra time. And uh, when the markets go up for a race like the South Australian Derby, he's the one I'd be uh, wanting to get a little bit interested in. And uh, a horse called Milford, who we saw briefly in the spring for Mike Moroni, had uh, three runs and ran one good race at Flemington. And his first up run was terrific. So uh, I like the way he's going about. He might be a, an Easter Cup sort of horse uh, and the Mike Moroni team in general are going really well. So, uh, yeah, Milford out of uh, race seven on Saturday. And awesome. uh, we keep saying no one listens uh, to anything that comes on the, the wireless, but there's been $301 by $57 invested on Steinem in the Queen of the Turf Stakes since the boys mentioned it up. There was zero on it today. Now 311 by 57 might have some merit, Muns. They don't listen to the race callers, apparently. Come on, Les. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, come on, Les. Um, boy, just as I uh, leave you... did you. give him three cracks of getting on. Yeah, yeah. I did. I know. And, then then he sprayed go. and then he sprayed me. Oh, Les. You could be barred, Les. Um, boys, just a quick one on the line here about the Sydney Cup. Obviously, the Queen's Cup on Saturday, a key lead-up. Duff, is, uh, is the winner of the Sydney Cup coming out of that race, do you think? Well, he's got a good chance. The first five across the line there look all likely looking types for the uh, Sydney Cup. And um, I'm very interested in Shorefire as well. If he can bring his wet track form to a dry track, he's the, he's the one. But uh, just want to see him run a good race on a, on a, on a dry track before I, I lock into him. Dino, anything from you maybe out of that race or for the Sydney Cup from Melbourne? Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of... Well, we've got the Mornington Cup this Saturday here, 2400, and maybe something will switch then up to uh, up to Sydney. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I, I think uh, yeah, that, that Chris Waller group, uh, you know, one of them will stand up. And, uh, yeah, to me, it might be surefire. 
Yeah, and uh, well, is no compromise going to go forward and sit outside the lead in the <laughs> God bless him doing that on Saturday. <laughs> was going to revert back to its normal tactics. Jake Ford, he, he was very honest after the race, you know, because everyone uh, that had any done any form would say, well, no compromise has never gone forward in his life. It's a Chris Waller horse with an outside alley. Well, where do you think it's going to be? It's going to be back in the field, he said. Yeah. He just took a step forward as the gates open, and you look at the overhead, he's probably a half length in front of anything front. else. Yeah. And he just decided to press on, and he, he was going to tuck in probably probably uh, fifth or sixth when they got to the winning post the first time, and then he just sort of let him stride. Next minute, he was up outside the leader. Well, it actually yeah. came down to speed when you look at the, the, the results to the average. Like, he went about the same speed he usually goes. It's just that they were going so slowly, and he got that flyer of a start, which he didn't, never usually gets. Mm. Yeah, and good on Jay for showing the initiative, yeah. too. I mean, you'd be sick if you were on him his, his last two starts, <laughs> but... Yeah. Hands are up, hands are up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Duffel spit the dummy I, next. No, <laughs> I, did, I did have a little saver on him oh, on Saturday because I, I would have really spat the dummy. Yeah, I did hear the comments post-race, Duff. Gee, you would have been filthy if, <laughs> if you didn't have a little chop out on him. Yeah, beautiful. No. Gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for guiding us through on Punters Postmortem. I hope the listeners got something out of it. I'm sure they will, and uh, it's an exciting time over the next few weeks or so. See you, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, boys.